Hello and welcome to the Live and Love Like Jesus podcast. My name is Andy Tier, and each week here on this podcast, we explore what it truly means to live and love like Jesus. Now, this episode is a conversation between me and Crossroads lead pastor, Phil Heller, and we spoke about the rollout of the roadmap that took place over the last four weeks. The roadmap is that discipleship tool that the Crossroads formation and mobilization teams have worked together to develop with the intent that it will help each and every one of us on our faith journey as we grow in living and loving like Jesus. And today, you'll hear Phil emphasize that the roadmap is not a like hot in this season or a flavor of the day type of initiative for our church, but instead is expected to change and to grow with our church family as we move forward. Today, we also do spend a few moments talking about Alpha, and as a leader of Alpha Online, I'm really excited about what it brings to our church. It's more than an opportunity to solidify answers to your own questions on faith. It's also a great place to invite friends or family that you know are seeking or questioning their purpose or that maybe are wondering what following Jesus is all about. So whether you're a mature follower of Jesus, a new believer, or someone with questions about the Christian faith, I hope that you pay close attention to today's conversation. And I hope you'll consider joining us for Alpha beginning this September. Right now, though, we're going to go to my conversation with Crossroads lead pastor, Phil Heller. Well, Phil, thanks so much for being with us again today, man. I appreciate it. It's been a pretty awesome four weeks, hasn't it? It sure has. Yeah. What a great four weeks of just a teaching series that really have been uh, years in the making. And uh, to see it uh, launch and uh, to be on this side of the uh, roadmap series is just really, really sweet, sweet experience. So you you just said something that uh, keyed a question on in my mind. You said that it's been years in the making. What was the problem that the roadmap was um, designed to address? Yeah. So I think even from Jesus' commission to go make disciples of all people, right? Uh, I think the church has been given that marching order from that point. So I think over the years, I mean, literally centuries, right, since he made that command, uh, good-hearted people like myself have been trying to figure out just how to do that. And there have been many approaches to making disciples. And we as a congregation here at Crossroads uh, are no less uh, in that line of trying to figure out how can we do that well. And the history of Crossroads, you know, for 53 years, I know there have been many attempts and really many successful attempts at helping people follow Jesus and be his disciple. And I would say this is our next best attempt to do just that. Awesome. And now that we've finished this four-week preaching series, right, um, we've rolled out the roadmap in its entirety. We did it, you know, week by week as we spoke about each of the three ways that we can learn to live and love like Jesus. Well, okay, what's next? How do, how do you envision people engaging with this roadmap and then applying it to their daily lives going forward? Sure. I used an analogy on the fourth week just about uh, a race that I'm participating in uh, in the future called Hood to Coast. And, you know, for 15 weeks, I've been training to get to the starting line, which feels a little daunting. And actually, as we record this, I'm getting ready to fly out this afternoon to head to that starting line for Friday morning. And uh, that's how I picture the last four weeks. It's the preparation to actually now living and loving like Jesus. The whole heart of the roadmap was to provide a clear picture of what it looks like to live and love like Jesus by being with God, being with others, being sent, and to provide clear action steps and resources so that all of us can do that. And so now, I mean, the big obvious uh, action step is for us to go do that. 
we would want every person who calls Crossroads home to walk through the roadmap and begin taking action steps that would help them in being with God, being with others, being sent. And so the on the one hand, the, the what's next is for each of us who call Jesus our Savior and Lord to con, con, to grow in that relationship and to take action, to, to lean into these action steps and, and to uh, gain wisdom and, and uh, life application from the resources provided. That's called the uh, every person, you know, on the... Uh, the congregation leadership side, meaning us as staff, what we're trying to do is continue to make the roadmap fresh, actionable, and relatable to all of our lives. And so the work's not done just because we launched the thing. It, you could say it maybe has just begun. We want to continue to monitor, like, how is the roadmap helping people live in love like Jesus? What are the action steps or the resources that seem to be bearing the most fruit? Or what are other resources and action steps we might be able to provide? Certainly, integration is a big thing that I'm thinking through and working through. Like, how does everything at Crossroads integrate the roadmap into what we do? So, how we disciple people is is the goal of the church, right? And so how we're doing that in every age group, in every ministry. You know, I want every small group to not have to scratch their head and go, huh, what should we study this semester? Like the roadmap should be an answer to that. Meaning like who in our group thinks that we need to focus some time on how we are being with God or who thinks we should maybe focus on being with others or about being sent. And as a group, kind of decide, like, we think we should, for this next semester, focus on being with God. Well, there are action steps and resources to choose from to help him walk that path. And that's one practical way I think the roadmap could not just be a great sermon series, but be practical and, and in, in integrated into what we do. Um, you know, families, couples, uh, a single person. Any person could interact with the roadmap and have a conversation with themselves, hopefully led by the Holy Spirit to say, like, where in my relationship with God could I and maybe should I be growing more? And let's just say if it's being with God, well, there are the pathways to follow. Like, do I need to, you know, focus on uh, developing spiritual practices? Do I really need to understand and read the Bible more? Do I need to, uh, you know, have a clear picture of, of who God is? Um, you know, those are some of those be with God action steps. Or you might say, I, I need to put more emphasis in, in, in investment into the being sent side of things. I really want to understand how to engage this world I'm living in. I mean, we live in a crazy time right now, surrounded by a crazy world, right? And that might be a really applicable step for a, a person to take. And good, again, just one disclaimer we tried to make is while the roadmap can be done individually, it's always better when we're sharing the journey with another person. And so that's uh, another big what's next. Get somebody, uh, sit down over coffee or, um, you know, pillow talk with your spouse or um, your small group or just maybe somebody you work with that you recognize is, is a person of faith. Begin a conversation like, I want to live in love like Jesus. Here's some steps I'm thinking about taking. Let's do this together. Now, one thing that's consistent across all of these is that they all take time. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're we're busy people. Sure. How do we fit this into mm-hmm. our rhythms? I mean, as 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 an individual, mm-hmm. as a member of a family, you know, uh, as a grandparent, mm-hmm. like where do you see this fitting mm-hmm. into the life rhythms of these individuals and as as and of these groups of people? Then, yeah, great question. I think two thoughts about that. First of all, our 
greatest fear about the roadmap was it would feel like it's something to do. <laughs> the key word is not do, the key word is be. And so like, this is how we were created. I think that requires a shift of mindset and also a shift of margin is maybe what I would recommend. So a mindset this is not a list of tasks to be accomplished. This is a way of life. And so that's the mindset that has to start with, right? If I truly want to live in love like Jesus, that decision, that that commitment, that mindset then permeates every aspect of my life. So it's not finding another time slot to be like Jesus. It's being like Jesus in every time slot of my life, right? So as I drive my car, that's how I can live in love like Jesus. As I do my work, that's how I can live in love like Jesus. As I spend time with my family, that's how I can live in love like Jesus. I mean, if there are some things missing, like, well, I don't currently read my Bible. Well, we would say you're going to probably have to then think about the margin and decide, like, there are some things that are worth giving up there are some things worth removing from my schedule to insert or to place importance on some things that are more important. That's where I say it's a mindset that starts, a mindset that starts, and then it takes a, a margin. So for me, I know that in my normal rhythm of the day, if I don't get up at a certain time a little earlier to make time to read my Bible, it might not happen. And I'm a pastor who actually, you could say, gets paid to read and study the Bible, right? Now, that's what I do for my work. That's a, uh, that is something that I have to do for my work. But the time I read my Bible in the morning is not because I'm a pastor. It's because I'm God's child. And I'm somebody who uh, has claimed Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And that is, is distinctly uh, the same as every person who's made that decision, regardless of the work we do. So for me, it, it requires me to set my alarm earlier than I would if reading the Bible and studying the Bible wasn't important to me, if that makes sense. So there is some of that margin that we do have to create, but I think first it's a mindset decision. Wow, there was a lot within that answer, <laughs> Phil. I mean, that that whole thing of Christianity, like being Christian as being an identity, not, you know, so being a Christ follower, that's an identity, not something to do. Yeah. Um, I was that's really, a big deal. Yeah, I was really struck. I mean, I would say it was not accidental, but it was, I would label it even an epiphany. It was something that became aware, I, I became aware of in, in putting these last four weeks together. And that was that being with God, being with others, and being sent are all present in Genesis 1. I don't think Genesis 1 was listed as a scripture reference on our sermon content planning sheet for all mm -hmm. four weeks. But I kept coming back to like, this is how God created us to be, not do. Again, this is how God created us to be. He created us to have a relationship with Him. He created us not as solo people, but but He created the first couple and, and said it's not good for either of them to be alone, right? And then He, he created us to have purpose, to, to work. And we, we often think that work falls after the curse or after the fall, right? But no, he gave responsibility to Adam and Eve in the garden for them to, to rule and reign over all creation as an expression of their identity that they were created in the image of God, right? For me, that was like, boom, mind-blowing, right? It's just like, okay. <laughs> and and how, how important it is to know that and center life in that so that it doesn't just become this perfunctory list of things that you and I do because we're quote, quote, religious, right? There's so much difference between being religious and 
and uh, being a, a, a Christian or, or being a person who follows Jesus. Wow, you kind of stole, like, my next question for you was, you know, as in the past, as, as I've studied for, for a time of, of, like, teaching or preaching or something like that, um, one thing I've noticed is that I learn a lot that impacts my <laughs> own life as I do that, you know? And then, actually, when it comes time to teach, it really is just kind of teaching from that overflow, sure, sure. right? So, um, over the course of the four weeks, I, I wanted to ask you, what was something new that you've learned or something that you feel you have a deeper appreciation for? Yeah, I would start by saying that was one of the first ones, that this is really how God intended our lives to be. This is how he created us. This is our identity, to be with God, be with others, be uh, to be sent. And, you know, I think about that personified in the life of Jesus. It was so obvious to me as I walked through the Gospels, and we, we chose to uh, to read through the book of Luke as an action step for people in that read and study the Bible pathway. And I mean, I, every day I've, I've followed that reading plan. And so for me, it kind of just jumped off the page once again of how Jesus was with God, how Jesus was with others, how Jesus was sent. And I mean, it's just right there in the pages of the Gospel. And it just solidified in my heart once again that this is the right direction. And I, that's not in judgment on other approaches to disciple making or other uh, things that we've even tried in the short two years I've been here at Crossroads. But for me, it just solidified like we, we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus here. And, you know, it's not accidental. It's intentional because we've declared that living and loving like Jesus is, is what he's called us to do, right? Um, you know, I, I think the the thing that I would uh, certainly uh, share with you in kindred spirit is like when you study. I, I've made this confession before. I wish I studied the Bible as much as I do when I have a teaching assignment, right? That's the you know confessions of a pastor right here on, mm -hmm. on the podcast, right? But I know every time I do study like that, oh man, there is so much that God impresses on my heart and mind. And I have to... Uh, then go through the painful process of deciding what will be communicated in a 30-minute window or, you know, sometimes 40 or a little more than that. But, you know, it, it never feels enough. It never feels enough because I'm just like, wow, I've, I've learned all this stuff. And that's probably why I talk so crazy fast is because I just want to get it all out there, right? It's also why I stick to my notes pretty carefully because I'll go down many a rabbit trail if not. So uh, I have to just kind of keep focused on the things that I feel like God has called me to share instead of who knows what might come out of my mouth if I'm not careful, right? Isn't it amazing that as we're doing uh, Bible studies and, and, and reading through, like you're reading through Luke, you're pulling a, a completely different thing out of it than me. Sure. Like I read it and, and I was amazed constantly throughout the book of Luke the joy and the response of the people around Jesus. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And that's what stood out to me. And it's funny that both of us walk away from this with two different takeaways, neither one wrong. Yeah. But um, that's value yeah. of being with others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th I feel good at that and say that's what it means when the, the Word of God is living and active, right? I mean, you and I could read the same passage and come away with two different um, inspirations from it or two different um, kind of revelation from it, as well as you and I could read that same passage two weeks from now and come away with something even deeper or richer or something that we would say, I never saw that before, right? Uh, mm -hmm. My family and I were reading through the Bible together this year, 
And this will be like the fourth or fifth time in a series of years I've read through the Bible. And I can tell you, it's almost as if like I'm reading it for the first time. I love that. And I hope next year when I read it, it'll feel the exact same way, right? Uh, one of the little things I do is I read it in a different translation every year. And that's been so, so enriching, you know? Um, I do the same thing. I'm reading uh, it in the message this year. Yeah. So. I love that. I okay. love that. Also, so, you mentioned, I don't want to skip over the fact that mm-hmm. when we sit down and talk about something that we read together and we share that perspective from each other's perspective, yeah, how rich that is, right? And I think that's why doing it with others is so, so important. Now, we've talked, like, it's funny because you're just talking about how the Bible itself is this living document. As we read it, it it speaks different things to us. Um, One of the things that we've talked about each of the past three weeks in regards to the roadmap is that it's also like this kind of evergreen thing. I think evergreen was a Jeremy word for it, right? Yeah, that captured my heart. We're constantly um, looking at it. We're bringing in new perspectives. And then also, uh, as we're made aware of, new sources and, and things like that, um, we can we can bring those in and add them in. So being as it's constantly changing and being updated, uh, what do you see as like next steps or what's the next phase sure. for the roadmap itself? Yeah, great question. One of the things we are intentionally planning is that every time we start a new sermon series, would be a chance for us to maybe point people to some new aspects of the roadmap, new resources, or even new action steps that they could take. We feel like that could be a good rhythm as we go throughout our you know calendar year. Like we typically have maybe eight to 10 teaching series a year. And because the roadmap is influencing those teaching series, then we want to align resources or action steps that can be taken. Another picture of that is just a centering anything that we're doing in the life of our church in how it helps us be with God, be with others, or be sent. For instance, if we are launching a new ministry, or if we have a service opportunity, or if there's something that's going on in the life of our church, I hope that it will be uh, an outspring of being with God, being with others, being sent. Um, So for instance, um, we might say, You have an opportunity to bring in school supplies for helping our partner at the Glenwood Leadership Academy be ready to equip their students for learning for this school year. Well, that is a being sent type of thing. We are blessing others with the resources that God's blessed us with, or we're seeing a need in the community around us and we're mobilizing toward that, right? Well, that's a being sent type of thing. And so in our language, but bigger than that, in our strategy and our intentionality, helping uh, people connect the dots. Like, this is why we're offering this opportunity. Let's say if we're having a worship night. Well, we're doing that because we want to create opportunities for people to be with God, also to be with others. So if we just want to create opportunities for people to be with God, we'd say, download this uh, you know, uh, list of songs at your home and sing to God in a place you choose. But the being with others is so important that we feel like gathering in the worship center on a Sunday evening to sing together to direct our love toward God, but also to share that with each other. That's just a couple of examples of, of how what that looks like next, right? Um, other things that we're doing from a more administrative standpoint is we are monitoring the type of things that people are clicking on so that we kind of know where, where traffic is kind of following, right? 
And by Vision Sunday, which will be the third week of November, we'll have just an assessment tool to offer the congregation. And that assessment tool will be helpful for each of us individually, but also it will be looked at collectively as from an administrative standpoint to be able to understand like where has the roadmap been helping people. So a picture of that might be me sitting down with just a few questions for me to reflect about my own life under being with God. How has the roadmap helped me maybe in reading and studying the Bible? Or how has uh, the roadmap under being with others helped me find community under being sent? How has the roadmap helped me uh, d- discover the gifts that God's given me? And based on resources or action steps that I might list in that feedback uh, assessment tool, that will be helpful for me to kind of chart a course for the next year. Where do I need to grow in my living like Jesus, loving like Jesus, and what action steps am I going to focus on? What resources could I take advantage of? And we're looking for an interface that would be helpful for me as an individual, but also something that would help the church kind of see. These are some of the resources that are helping, and here's some things that might not be as helpful, and then be able to uh, to continue to provide fresh, actionable, helpful resources through the roadmap. So we do have an opportunity to... Um, provide immediate feedback as well, or receive immediate feedback in our case, right? But um, at the end of each pathway, there's an extra little plus sign you can click that gives you an opportunity to ask questions or give feedback. And definitely we encourage people to give feedback there. Is there any other way that people can provide feedback to us as well going forward? I mean, we're always open to hearing feedback. So whether that be like, I've really enjoyed this part of the roadmap, or I was confused by this part of the roadmap, or I read this book, or I, I took this class, or in a conversation with a friend over uh, you know this aspect of living and loving like Jesus, it came to my mind that I wonder if we could, or here's a book that I read that might be helpful. Any of those things are fair game, and they can use that same uh, pathway uh, action step under all four or all three of the uh, all three of the be with God, be with others, be sent. They can use that as a way to communicate that. Uh, certainly, reach out to any of our teammates uh, here uh, on staff. Send me an email; I'll be happy to to have all that feedback. Do you have examples of any feedback that we've already received? You know, we have unsolicited feedback and solicited feedback. So we actually put together a focus group of people who were not involved in putting the roadmap together. We gave them a sneak peek ahead of the congregation to just give us feedback on that. That was extremely helpful. We also took the opportunity to do that with our staff just for them to look through the roadmap and be able to provide uh, all kinds of feedback. And we got a lot of really healthy and helpful feedback. The unsolicited feedback is just people who are coming up like, wow, this has been really, really helpful. Uh, I received uh, feedback, uh, just a text message after Sunday who said, thank you for the roadmap. It is so awesome to have a tool like this to use. And they just encouraged me, please don't abandon the roadmap anytime soon for another good idea that Crossroads kind of has a history of doing. They said, we hope for many years, several years into the future, we're still uh, exploring and experiencing lots of fruit because of the roadmap. That is encouraging. Now, are there any new pathways under construction? Oh, great question. We recognize that the be with God, be with others, and being sent are pretty concrete. Like, those are things we think summarize or or give a good kind of focus to how to live and love like Jesus. The pathways that are under those, we feel like those are great for now, but we're not saying that they may 
never change. They, they may be more fluid in the future as we continue to grow in our understanding of what it means to live and love like Jesus. The action steps and the resources, I think you should expect to see those changing frequently. Um, you know, it would be adding some, taking some away, um, you know, developing new ones, providing new uh, resources, all that is where you might see the most change. But we're not um, adverse to, uh, you know, changing pathways. If it was one of those three movements of uh, living and loving like Jesus, that would be, you know, a little more of a longer process, a little more, uh, you know, involved, I think. Cool. And we're um, communicating those changes via email. We've been doing an email actually twice a week for the yes, past few yeah. weeks. Um, but I love it, getting those myself. But as we're, yeah, as we're going forward, then um, yeah. as we make updates, changes to the roadmap, we'll continue to uh, hit that subscription list with those updates, right? Yeah, the best way for people to stay up to date with what's happening about the roadmap is by subscribing. It's not a secret club. It's just a way to us to know who's engaging with it, and we can get real-time feedback from that group of people by, you know, sending out uh, resources to them ahead of time or just letting them know this aspect is being updated. And also, that's a group that we can get feedback from because they're uh, subscribing, they're engaged, hopefully, uh, in that in that process. We'd encourage every person to subscribe to the roadmap. Uh, great. And you said that these three ways that we follow Jesus, mm-hmm. be with God, be with others, being sent, you don't see those changing. But um, one thing, as we're starting to wrap up our conversation that I'd love to get from you is what do you think is a great starting point that you'd like to see oh. like our entire church family take within each of those three ways. You're kind of making me like choose which of my kid is the favorite, right? I mean, that's how it feels to me because I, I'm so, um, I so love the, what we're offering uh, people through the roadmap. But I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Like under being with God, I'd say for any person out there, you know, to understand who God is, the character of God would be really important. You know, maybe the most important place to start, I could say. And so we are launching Alpha this fall, and specifically come January of 2022, you'll see another major push toward Alpha. Alpha is just a great resource that helps have conversation about who God is. It's a, a curriculum that's developed over 12 weeks of conversations, is how I would describe it. There's some video teaching, but the major part of Alpha is everybody... Uh, like being exposed to the same teaching, but having conversation about the questions they have about faith, but also just kind of growing in their understanding of who God is and, and what it looks like to have a relationship with Him. I think that's a, that'd be a great place to start for anybody. That's an action step I would recommend anybody taking. So it kind of reminds me of that Foundations sermon series that we did earlier this year. Definitely. But this is more of an opportunity for people to converse and discuss, yes. yeah, right? Right, right. It's your opportunity to ask questions that you've had for years or a question that comes up in the moment. I mean, it's a safe place to do that. And that's what makes Alpha, I think, so powerful. Whether it's uh, a group meeting in a living room around a meal, whether it's uh, somebody uh, doing that online with others, or it, we, we're offering an Alpha experience here on campus at Crossroads as well. I mean, any of those three would be a great opportunity for people to engage in the content, but is equally important, maybe more, about dialogue with others who are trying to discover more of God as well. Yeah, I've definitely had questions where um, 
uh, like mature believers, people that have been in the faith for quite a while sure. have asked, like, why would I participate sure. in this? Yeah. So as as we are doing this online as well, I've been looking into that pretty closely. Sure. And um, man, just time after time, these answers keep coming up where I, one of the things like Alpha has been super successful and, and um, it's been super valuable for um, people that have friends with questions. Mm-hmm. It's a place for mm-hmm. them to bring their friends to that have questions so that yeah. they can take part in yeah. that conversation. And so yeah. then it becomes a safe environment Mm-hmm. for people where they have, oh, there's somebody I know already yeah. and things like that. So it's a great place to invite people yeah. in and yeah. hadn't start that discussion with them, right? Definitely. I can speak firsthand. I've, I've been through Alpha. I've participated in Alpha. So I'm a person who, before I ever heard of Alpha, I mean, I made a decision to follow Jesus when I was 12 years old. So, I mean, up until I was 45, I had never experienced Alpha, right? And so in the last two, three years, as I got familiar with Alpha and participated myself, I can speak firsthand for the things I learned about God and growth in my own personal relationship with him because of participating in Alpha. Nikki Gumbel, who does the teaching, I mean, he's a dynamic communicator. He does he's, the Bible in a year yeah. on uh, the Bible app. Oh, yeah. I've done his mm-hmm. reading plan with the Bible in a year. I mean, just an awesome Bible teacher. I, I learned so much just by the the content that was provided. But in the, the group I was participating in Alpha with, we had people all over the spectrum of maturity and faith. And I got to watch light bulb after light bulb after light bulb go off in people all along that spectrum. Like I was journeying with a a young couple that I got to marry who prior to that, they needed a pastor to do their wedding because they didn't have a church home. They didn't have uh, someone in their life who was a spiritual leader. And so just because I was on call the weekend that they were getting married, I got to do uh, their wedding ceremony. And that began a friendship between the three of us invited them to participate in the alpha group I was participating in and they they had hundreds of questions and yet in the safe environment of an alpha group it was an awesome place for them to grow and mature Um, and I was sitting next to my wife who's a mature believer and she and I had lots of conversation about the things we were learning at alpha I would also say it equipped me to have conversation with others that I know who aren't interested in a relationship with God right now or might have questions about that. It helped remind me of some things, but also teach me uh, uh, some ways that I could approach that conversation instead of just, uh, you know, pounding somebody over the head with the Bible or just like saying, well, I don't know, I've just believed it all my life. You know, those aren't necessarily great approaches, especially to somebody who is questioning, skeptical, or even inquisitive, right? Wow. So it gave you a chance to hear some of those questions in advance that people might have. Yeah. And then in that discussion, hear answers developed. Yeah. And then yeah. have that to apply. Yeah. That's great. So the other thing, the other with, thing I'd say with the be with God, I mean, we talked about Alpha, but I'd also say that rule of life, just, I mean, that could be a great way to really begin to somewhat deconstruct the life that we maybe have created for ourselves and to reconstruct life that's centered on God and living and loving like Jesus. And it's a um, it would not be pain-free. I'll just make that disclaimer. It will challenge some of the ways that any of us do life right now. But the rule of life is to provide order to this desire that we might have to live in a relationship with God and have our lives reflect the, the life and love of Jesus. If we're serious yeah. about that, the rule of life will provide a great structure, a great... Um, pattern for us to follow in that and we get to we get to create it 
with with the with the influence and, and the direction of what it would look like to order our life in such a way. That's awesome. Yeah, as as I first contemplated and and heard of the rule of life, I immediately I gotta admit, like I thought, oh, that's great for the contemplative person that's out there and that's not me but as i've gone forward and 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 then started to look at and just in the first question that we had that i had for you today as we talked about like where does this fit into our life it does keep coming back to this what's a healthy rhythm of life so that's the part of the roadmap that's most exciting to me right now i don't know if you want me to hit on like the be with others you know i mean an action step any of us could take would be getting in a group and we're blessed here at crossroads to have lots of opportunity for that if I'm going to be in a group with men, uh, starting with the men's Bible study that kicks off Thursday mornings. I wish it was a, it was not at 6 a.m. I would choose a different time slot if it was up to me. But I also uh, know that that's a, a good space for lots of men to be able to participate in a group where they study God's Word together, have a relationship with each other, and it could fit before uh, many of the men have to take off of work. Uh, right now, uh, on Wednesdays, we have opportunities for women to connect in groups. Certainly, my wife and I, we're going to be participating in a group with other couples. I mean, there's uh, opportunities on Monday night for people to find community, to do a group with others who, who might be um, facing some challenge in their life or want to receive support in a very specific way. So I would encourage every person. I mean, that's the, a great first step under being with others. Just join a group. Maybe something that has a little more intensity is to like get to know your neighbor and begin living in relationship with them. Do you, if you, there's a great tool in the roadmap that asks you to draw kind of a tic tac toe based on where you live and who lives around you. Could you name the neighbors to your left, to your right, to the front, to the back? And that would be a great exercise to start for anybody. It's going to require some vulnerability and a little bit of initiative for you that when you realize you may not know the person who lives two doors up, to bake some cookies and walk up and ring the doorbell and say, we're neighbors. We've lived next to each other for two months or for 20 years. And wherever you might be on that range, being willing to say, like, I'd like to know you as a friend more than just people who share the same street address. You know, that kind of conversation. Or invite them into your home for a meal. Or what I've found by just running through my neighborhood as exercise, I've gotten to know more neighbors than I would ever have known if I didn't have an activity like that. And so, I, you know, I might feel like that awkward neighbor to the people around me who like, that guy running seems always happy or he stopped and asked my name. I mean, I know a guy named Ryan simply because our schedules seem to intersect pretty regularly while I'm out running and he's leaving for work. And so Ryan is somebody that I've got to know him just by those interactions we have on the street. He's somebody I invited to Easter service here at Crossroads last spring. He's somebody that I pray for, and I don't know a ton about his life, but I know his first name. I know where he lives. That's enough for me to begin uh, trying to uh, just uh, make a spiritual investment in his life. Uh, the be, be sent, you know, I mean, that's the third uh, piece that we haven't talked about yet. You know, a great action step to start there would just be to do some self-discovery about how, how's God gifted me? What are the things I enjoy? What are the things that I seem good at? And have a recogni- recognition that that is a gift from God. He's the source of that, and it's for His purposes. And those purposes play out in every aspect of my life. So once I determine, you know, 
and, and through you know that assessment that I'm good at administration. Well, that doesn't mean I need to become a pastor at a church and lead the staff. That means the things, those skills can be representative in all walks of life. I may be the best person on the Little League baseball team to organize the uniforms because I'm gifted as a, at administration. And when people watch like, wow, you really took a bunch of chaotic things and made a really good system for it, I could even indicate like, I just love organizing things. That's a gift God's given me. We actually even use those words. People who are not spiritual use those words all the time. But we often don't don't connect the dots that God's wired us for that for a purpose. I hope people would see the glory of God, feel the love of God, by the way I might organize the uniforms for the Little League team. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think that's that's the disconnect in most of people who follow Jesus have right now. They don't understand how how God has gifted them and how that intersects with his mission. They just think that that just means I need to help move folding chairs or work in the nursery or preach sermons. That's where my giftedness would show up. And I can just give you a, a fair warning that our teaching series in October about missional living is hopefully going to debunk a lot of those myths that we've believed for way too long, right? Yeah, I agree. Now, you just mentioned, um, you said, I hope I might see, right? Mm -hmm. So my last question for you today Mm -hmm. is, um, speaking of things you hope you might see, Mm -hmm. what are the signs that you're looking for within the church and within our community Mm -hmm. that this discipleship tool called the roadmap, Mm -hmm. that it's effective? Sure. I mean, this will feel a little intangible, but I, I can just say personally, I hope that a year from now, by walking through the roadmap, by living and loving like Jesus, being with God, being with others, being sent, that my wife Christy and my three kids go like, you know, something's different about Dad these days. What's different about him? Or like, I hope they see um, marked change in my life that like, this wasn't just something he preached about. <laughs> you know, This is just something that Crossroads is doing. This isn't just some little cool online device that I can interact with. Like it's changing who I am as a person. I sure hope that that's true for literally hundreds of people who call Crossroads home. I hope the people who live next to me, like, you know, Phil's been our neighbor for about two and a half years now, but like, huh, something, something. I just see something about him that's different than the first time I met him. Um, You know, I I mean, that's the impact I hope that the roadmap has, right? It is not like, you know, more likes on Facebook or more books read or more people attending a class or, you know, all those things are only the, the the uh, you know byproduct or I don't even know what to even label those. Those are not the end goal. <laughs> the end goal is life transformation. That every person who would intersect with the roadmap is living and loving like Jesus more than before they did, and that's really going to be the success measure in my life uh, and in in my leadership uh, of the roadmap. That will really be what I'm what I'm looking for. That's a great place to end our conversation today, Phil. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Always a great time to have a conversation with you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thanks again to Phil for taking the time to discuss the roadmap with me. And I invite you to please go to cccgo.com forward slash roadmap to see for yourself all that we've discussed on the podcast here today. If you're interested in Alpha, you can go to cccgo.com forward slash alpha and you can register there for in-person classes on Mondays beginning in September or our alpha online that starts on Tuesdays. 
I pray that this episode of the podcast has encouraged you to not just learn more about following Jesus, but to actually go and live in love like him. 